Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktana, and today we'll be looking at how to ask questions of your guides and others to prevent confusion and get the answers you need to live your best life. Most religions and much of spirituality focus on the soul as student, as child, embodying in order to learn basic lessons of existence. Somewhat like mathematics, these lessons are seen as needing to be learned in order, and once we learn one, we're graded, rewarded, and can then be assigned a new lesson to learn on and so on. As learning and becoming are some of the major purposes of this planet and what the majority of souls are embodying to do, this is, in general, fairly accurate as far as generalizations go. However, one thing to note is life is not math, so we don't need to learn one lesson at a time, and most people don't, just as we don't learn one and only one thing at a time when we're children. For example, school is where we learn not only academic subjects, but social rules and dynamics, how to interconnect one-on-one -on -one with others our own age, as well as adults outside our social circle and that the world is a much bigger place than the universe of home, which we have come to know. And that's just first grade. Also, there's a lot more to learning something than just getting it. The true test is whether or not we can apply what we think we have learned. For example, in getting a driver's license, there's both a written and a practical exam. The intellectual knowing of something doesn't make you a driver in one particular moment in time when you're demonstrating the complex task of driving doesn't mean you're able to demonstrate your ability to deal with every situation required of a driver. Therefore, we have to go through both tests to be certified legal to drive. So too in life, once we know a lesson, we then have to demonstrate we can apply the lesson in an embodied life. This may happen in the same life where we learn the lesson but most often happens in subsequent lives. If we're struggling with a particular lesson, we may construct a life which causes us to focus specifically on the issue, somewhat like running cattle through a series of ever smaller shoots in order to quickly and safely get them into a corral. Without distraction and with no room to turn around or jump over any obstructions on the sides, they're forced to move forward to the correct destination, which doesn't prevent some determined cows from trying. People come to me with the most amazing stories. They want to know what lessons they're missing or what message isn't getting through because they keep praying and trying to manifest things and nothing works out right. Like people who pray earnestly for unconditional love and are inundated with pets of all kinds, these people are getting responses to their requests, literal answers which fulfill the specified parameters, but not what the person actually intended or needed. Sometimes there is a message which they've been missing, usually when the response is a repeated pattern or a cluster of events, and sometimes they're missing the lesson not because they don't know it, but because they've been trying to put off acknowledging it. But most of the time when I see this, the problem isn't a missing message or lesson. It's in how they're putting out the request which stems from an underlying assumption which is incorrect. Over the centuries, for a great many reasons, Religions, spiritual organizations, and persons have found it efficacious to teach us, spiritually at least, we are forever children with limited responsibilities for our actions, always monitored and guided by higher powers who are looking after us, and trying to help us learn to be better beings. This means there's always a lesson in all things which occur to us, 
There's always something we're striving to learn in order to reach the next stage in our becoming. And we need to seek approval and recognition from someone else who is in 24-7 contact with us, listening to our every thought and feeling our every emotion. This is either comforting or a bit stalkerish, depending on how you look at it. And in many cases, it is close to the truth. When a soul is young, when it's in its initial stages of becoming, when it's new to this particular style of embodiment or new to this planet with its lessons, the soul is much like a student in school learning pre-selected lessons and working through them under the tutelage of a teacher or guide. This can be as macro as taking on a very iconic role in life like the male head of a family, being a peasant woman in a small European village, herding cattle in Africa, working a farm in rural China, and so on and so on. It can be as micro as working through a brief role with one other person or be in one small facet of the embodied life. We see it here as well where people take on very iconic roles in their lives and work hard to achieve perfection in them against the odds and find themselves struggling in later life. Or it can look like a businessman who is ruthless and successful because what they're learning about is power or ethics or having a voice. From the outside, it's hard to know what lessons are being learned. But soul book after soul book shows people seek out lives to learn things such as commitment, power over others, wealthiness, poverty, jealousy, freedom, need, forgiveness, and so much more. But what happens when you've learned these things? What happens when you've learned all the primary colors of being and all the secondary ones and a great deal of the rest of the color palette and you've become a complex being who wants to do more and be more? Well, then you graduate. That's not to say you stop learning, far from it. We're always learning and growing and becoming in every moment. But the structure of how we do so shifts. We stop being the recipient of learning situations, the student looking to a teacher for guidance, and become a co-participant in our learning process. We grow up. This is where the weird responses to prayers and meditation and manifestation come in and where I stated that it's an underlying assumption which is causing the issue. If the person is assuming they're still a student, they're being monitored by the NSA, <coughs> I mean, stalked by their guides, um, I mean, listened to by their support team or angels, but instead they're actually a graduate who is co-creating their life, then the way they're making the request is missing components, is being spun incorrectly, and the universe is doing its best with what it has to work with. I liken the graduated soul spiritual model to a person who has entered a restaurant. Instead of having a preset lesson to learn and being monitored by a teacher who is going to grade the work and hand out more lessons, the person is seated at a lovely table with the most extensive menu imaginable. In fact, with a great many of them. The waiter and the bartender are waiting for the soul to decide what menu they're going to be working from, and from there, what kind of meal experience they want. Do they want appetizers and an aperitif? Do they want salad and soup before the main course? Do they want wine with the meal? Do they want coffee and or dessert? And once that's decided, then they can offer the correct submenus to show what is available in all of those categories so the person can start making their choices. Those choices then go into the window for the cook, go to the bartender for mixing, and start coming out to the table. Now, like all restaurants, the cook and the bartender can only work with the ingredients they have. The more time they have, the more likely they're going to be able to get exactly what is wanted. And each one is the instrument of their own art, influenced by the moment, 
their moods, their equipment, and so on. Which is to say, in this metaphor, there isn't some Wizard of Oz making things happen. It's all of us and everything else in an interconnected web responding to the request and working to make it happen. So things will happen in unique ways which might not always be to the liking of the requester. Sometimes there's a message or meaning in this. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Part of the spiritual journey is to figure out the difference. Meanwhile, if the person entering the restaurant thinks they're in school, they're looking to the waiter to tell them what to do, which the waiter can't and won't. The waiter is waiting for the person to tell them what they want, a standoff as it were. So then the person starts praying, meditating, or manifesting, and they ask for the most generic thing possible, which is for their best and highest good, with the assumption their teacher is hearing and feeling the rest, and they'll be giving exactly what they need in order to complete the lesson and achieve their goal. However, the waiter isn't hearing anything or feeling much but confusion because they receive this rather general request for something vaguely like a dish they know, but no specifics. For example, it's like asking to have a dinner made of beef. Well, okay, that means there might either be a plate or a bowl involved, might take silverware or not, and says nothing of what might go with the beef, what kind of beef, what temperature, or even consistency the beef might want to be in. We could be talking steak, hamburger, stroganoff, or stew. Without further details, the waiter can only put this order into the cook and have the cook give something back which matches those criteria. This is when the odd responses start coming. Thinking they're a student and not a graduate, someone prays to have art brought back into their lives, and they get a visit from their grandchild, nephew, or friend's child who brings finger paints with them. Or prayers go out to get into a field they've always wanted to work in, and they get an unpaid internship they can't afford because they have to make money to live. They want to meet someone interesting, and so they do, but the person is married and not interested in a relationship. The list goes on and on. One of the first things I recommend when people are experiencing this is to change the prayer or meditation or manifesting process to be much more specific. I suggest they not go about this as if they're requesting something from an authority who may or may not grant the wish through arbitrary rules they can't fathom. They should ask for what they want as if they deserve it because they do, while being specific and also respectful. Those of us who have worked in the service industry know how far respect will get you when co-creating anything, a meal, a purchase, a trip, an event, and so on. Be respectful, but come from a place of being an equal, because you are. Place your order, receive your order with gratitude, and if it's right or good or exceptional, praise all involved for having brought it to you. If it's not right, or not right enough, respectfully send it back. Remember, the waiter and the cook and the bartender are also learning and growing and becoming. Letting them know what works and what doesn't helps them as much as it helps you. Being clear, being honest, and being respectful will put you miles ahead of the game. Now, some people get confused because they repeatedly ask for help, for guidance, for support in difficult situations, and never seem to receive it, and get stuck sometimes for decades, never getting relief, and never seeming to move forward. Again, a contributing factor in this can be the request. If the request is being made from the standpoint of being a student, being a child, waiting for a parent to step in and resolve the situation, but the person isn't actually a student, then the request is going to go awry. 
Not because there aren't beings who want to help, but because the request doesn't have the necessary components to make it work. Standing in a restaurant and wailing for support in a difficult situation just makes for a confused and distraught waitstaff. They need to know what you want done, what direction to go, what it is you really need as they have no permission to invade your free will, nor can they take control of the situation in question. Asking for guidance, same issue. You're asking for someone else to make a decision when no one else has the ability to do this for you. If you're asking for advice from the advice menu, they can arrange that. But until you narrow the request, there's not much they can do. Beyond this stage of graduation, there's another reason for embodying which most people don't realize exists or don't focus on, and this is service. Souls eventually do mature and so no longer need to learn basic lessons of existence. They move on to unfolding their abilities in a way which can add to the becoming of all beingness and enhance the experience of others. For lack of a better term, I call this choosing to be in service or taking on a career. Those who have skill sets and an interest in embodiment sometimes choose to embody in order to provide their services to embodied souls or to augment the embodied experience. Historically, these were the medicine elders, spiritual leaders, healers, benevolent political leaders, elders, and so on within the various cultures worldwide. At various times through pre- and recorded history, there have been less or more healers depending on the need of the community being served. Those who come to be in service, particularly those who intend to work with people in some manner, choose to be born into families which will be difficult in some way. This can be anything from not feeling like they fit in to the UN definition of torture and everything in between. This is not random, but very carefully calculated to trigger the person into using specific gifts, to enhance and awaken latent skills, and to turn on traits they've acquired through various means and convert them into applicable talents in this particular life. This is not to say any particular parental behaviors or specific events in childhood were pre-planned or agreed upon. Everyone has free will, including our parents, so what they agreed to do and be before becoming embodied might not be what they become or what they do once they get here. However, those coming to be in service seek out difficulties in childhood in order to create the necessary empathy, the brokenness which spurs connection, the desire to help others because they themselves needed help in their formative years. For those in service, it's not the childhood, which is most crucial, but the years afterwards, the 20s, and to some extent the 30s. It's in these years the time period when we're coming to terms with the fact that the universe our parents built was not a universe, but a cardboard construction, we actually exist in a universe which is much bigger, our parents are not gods but human, and we're free to build our own world. It's here we're expecting to work through any of the childhood-specific issues we're left with so we can move into our path of service. This, of course, is much easier to write than it is to live, and where most people get very stuck. One of the ways in which people get stuck is in looking for the lesson in their experiences. What am I meant to learn from this? For someone living an education life, there are usually clear markers pointing in the direction of the answer, the person being unable to see them notwithstanding. However, for a person in service, the experiences are not a lesson per se. Opening the door to the garage is not a lesson. It's a means of getting into the garage so one can access the vehicle parked there, or get into the things stored there, or use the tools in the workshop set up in the corner and so on. Just because you have to get up, get the key, unlock the door, go through the door, then close it to keep the animals in and the cold out, 
doesn't have some amazing lesson involved. Although we are meaning makers, so we can find metaphysical and philosophical meaning in just about anything. Struggling to find the lessons in the events keeps people from the real goal, healing into them, moving beyond surviving into thriving, seeing them as the foundation for unfolding into their true nature here and allowing this to flow out to others. Often this need to find the lesson stems from a need to not feel our emotions, to not sink into the flexibility of balance and movement, of interconnected experience of the now, and instead to protect ourselves by being in control. By intellectually understanding the situation in all aspects, we can then feel we're empowered to control it and our environment, thereby prevent any further negative impacts to ourselves. This never works out as we experience over and over again, but our fear spurs our brain to problem solve, to seek out answers, to find solutions, to discover the key thing which will solve everything and release us. The problem is those who came to be of service voluntarily came not to be released, but to delve deeply into this difficult thing called life, to not only live in it, but to help others to do so healthily and successfully. If we're not up to our elbows in living, then we're missing the point. Changing your perspective on who you actually are and how you're interacting with the world around you can make a dramatic difference in the responses you get because it informs how you express your needs. How do you know which model you're working from? Well, on the one hand, you can try the different ways of making your requests and see how the responses differ. On the other, you can ask your guides directly. For those who haven't done such a thing before and don't know how to get started, there's a meditation on my freebies page to help you contact your guides in the Akashics. I'll leave a link to it in the podcast description. Once you know which model you're working with, you have a key insight into yourself and how you interact best with the world and everyone in it. And that's all the time we have this week. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. Thank you to my patron of honor this week, Lourdes. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider supporting it by subscribing on Patreon. You can join in patron-only classes, see all my other offerings, and get regular updates about what I'm working on at patreon.com slash Thanks. Bye.